What is redeeming the time? How do we redeem the time in this evil world? Dr. Bill Petrie will discuss these questions in today's Differing Things podcast. If your pastor preaches a sermon on time stewardship, there is one scripture passage you can pretty much guarantee is going to get mentioned. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. In fact, a phrase from that passage, redeeming the time, is a church buzz phrase that is mentioned probably more than the term time stewardship itself. Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16 in the King James Version state, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. We see the same phrase in Colossians chapter 4 and verse 5. Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. What does redeeming the time mean? To me, this is one of those strange wordings that makes my eyes get a little wider and my thinking a little fuzzier. What in the world does redeeming the time mean? For perspective, let us examine some other translations. Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16 in the New American Standard Bible is translated this way. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. The New International Version translates it this way. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. I do think that other translations lose some of the interesting flavor of the King James Version and some of the picture, the word pictures that it is trying to display for us. They certainly phrase this passage in a much more understandable way. Redeeming the time can be seen as making the most of your time, but does that really catch the full idea of the phrase? Why does the King James Version use the word redeem? The Greek word used is ex agaraza, which in turn comes from two Greek words, ak, meaning from or from out of, and agorazo, meaning to purchase. Ex agorazo appears four times in the Bible. We have already looked at two of those in Ephesians 5.16 and Colossians 4.5. The other two are Galatians 3.13, where we read, 
Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law in Galatians 4, 5, so that he might redeem those who were under the law. Ex agarazo is a marketplace term. When you redeem someone from slavery, as Christ redeemed us, you are purchasing them, purchasing them out of Exagrazo, their slavery. You are paying the price to take them out of a bad situation. To redeem a slave is to buy them and set them free. To redeem our time is to exert effort to rescue our time from slavery to the world, our sin, and our earthly systems and thoughts. But we often forget that redemption is not easy. Redeeming a slave was only done with a great sum of money, with a great sacrifice. The word for redeeming in Ephesians 5.16 that's also used in Galatians 3.13 and Galatians 4.5, refers to Christ redeeming us with the cross. Oh, so very costly indeed. So redeeming our time carries with it the idea of a cost. In our zeal, to be good stewards of our time, we can miss the wisdom of the Bible. We end up running headlong down a path that we think is correct, but we just get further away from where we should be. Such is the case with Kronos and Karyos. Both are Greek words which mean time but they imply very different things. Kronos refers to minutes and seconds. It refers to time as a measurable resource. When you look at a calendar on a wall, you're looking at the idea of Kronos. Karyos is the word used for time in Ephesians 5.16. Keros means an appointed time, an opportune moment, or a due season. Keros is not about minutes and seconds and wristwatches and sundials. It is not about the flow of time or a specific measurement of time. When we talk of the flow of time, we use the word chronos. Chronology derives from the word chronos. It literally is the flow of time. We tend to think of our time in a chronos mindset. 
We think of having 24 hours in a day. We define our work weeks by the number of hours that we work. We have a list of things to do and only so much time to get everything done. Being conscious of our minutes and seconds is a good thing. We should number our days as the scripture says. Our time on earth is so brief and we want to be good stewards of every second that we have so we can bring glory to God on this earth. But ironically, this Kronos mindset can make us miss what Paul is saying in Ephesians 5. Paul instructs us to redeem the Kairos, to pay attention and take advantage of the opportune times and seasons. Kairos carries with it the idea of the right time, the idea of a predetermined time or an opportune time. How much time before lunch would not use the word Kairos? It would use the word Kronos. Is it time to have lunch? Would indeed use the word Kairos. The first example was speaking of time in minutes and seconds, where the latter was speaking of time at a specific point. Furthermore, Kairos does not have to be an instant. It could be a short window of time. For instance, time to take a break. Or it could be a longer window of time, as in harvest time. And in those examples, the Kairos is the time where you better get moving. Those crops are not going to harvest themselves. It is the appointed time, the proper time, the slice of time where you have an opportunity. But that Kairos is going to eventually slip away. We only have such a brief opportunity to shepherd our children when they are still young. When a friend is experiencing pain, we have a brief window of time in which to reach out to them. When our teenagers are struggling to make decisions such as where to go to college, what to do when I graduate from high school, we only have a brief moment of time to help them in that decision-making process. I remember dealing with a friend of mine when he was going through a rough time in his marriage. I went to lunch with him. And yes, it took up some of my chronos time but I was able to share the gospel with this unsaved friend of mine 
We prayed together, and he expressed an interest in learning more about Christ. It was a Kairos opportunity. This requires us to make a mental shift. Instead of looking at our time as grains of sand slipping through an hourglass, we view our time as opportunities flying by. Instead of viewing our time as seconds ticking by, we must realize that not every second holds the same worth. Some moments are more valuable than other moments. The five minutes that I have a chance to share the gospel with an unsaved friend is a more valuable five minutes than when I am processing my email. I have to take advantage of my opportunities, just as you have to take advantage of your opportunities. We must change our view of what effectiveness really is. Though we want to use our minutes and seconds wisely, biblical effectiveness is not necessarily us ramming as much as we can into 24 hours. It is not us putting our head down and plowing the field with as much vigor as we can muster. Instead, the effective steward is a focused watchman whose senses are attuned to the slightest hint of an opportunity. He is a hawk on the lookout. The effective steward not only recognizes these Kairos opportunities, but he has the courage to leap upon them with all his or her might. And the effective steward has organized his or her schedule in such a way that leaves them the opportunity to seize these opportunities. Do not let your diligence towards Kronos choke out your attention to Kairos. Redeeming the time to exagorazo the Kairos, you are purchasing out of slavery the fleeting opportunities that you are presented with. In other words, you make the most of every opportunity or make the most of your time. <clears throat> My dear friend and Bible scholar, Phil Scranton has said, and I quote, Paul uses the word walk eight times in Ephesians. And this occurrence in Ephesians 5.15 is the last of the eight. <clears throat> Paul uses the word figuratively. When he speaks of walking, he is speaking about the way we live. Walk or live like a wise person. Do not live like a fool. Do not walk like a fool. Live with the wisdom God gave you.
But perhaps you say, I would love to live with wisdom, but I do not have all the equipment. I do not have all the knowledge and wisdom I need to do that. But if you are a believer in Christ, you have the wisdom you need. Certainly, we do not yet have all we are going to possess, but we have enough for living. It seems that there were a lot of church members at Corinth who were hung up on the idea of wisdom. Greek culture laid great store in wisdom and philosophy. The elements of the word philosophy actually mean the love of wisdom. But Paul told them the wisdom of Greek culture was not the kind of wisdom that they had or that they needed. There were Jews at Corinth too, and they were insistent that the only way to be sure that something was of God was if it had been confirmed by a supernatural sign of some kind. But Paul said to them, look at what you have got. You are believers in Christ. You are sons of God. You have been saved from death and given the life of the coming eons. Now, what wisdom was it? Or what supernatural sign was given? When I came to Corinth and told you about a man who died on a cross, and yet the wisdom you displayed in believing in Christ has prepared you for greater things than will be achieved by the greatest Greek philosophers. And the power of the evangel in saving you was greater power than any supernatural sign because it changes you from being God's enemies to being God's sons and from being unrighteous to holy, and from being mortal to immortal. End of quote. For the word of the cross is stupidity indeed to those who are perishing. Yet to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I shall be destroying the wisdom of the wise, and the understanding of the intelligent shall I be repudiating. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the discusser on this eon? That's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 20 in the Concordant Version. Paul describes our time here on this earth as a series of opportunities. We do not want to miss, we do not want to keep our heads down and focus just on work and miss the opportunities around us to serve others or to do good. The best way to manage your time is not to rigidly schedule and obsess over minutes and seconds. The best way to manage your time is to keep an eye out for the potential around you and then to pounce when the moment is right. But <clears throat> sometimes 
This leads us to think of our lives as only consisting of these special moments. The times to share the gospel, the times to talk with a friend, the times to step up and meet someone else's needs. We romanticize the value of some uses of our time, and we can soon begin to think of the rest of our time as simply filler in between the events that really matter. We can go to the opposite extreme and misunderstand exactly what opportunities we have. Every second carries with it an opportunity. Yes, some opportunities are more valuable than others. Some of our time will present us with unique and worthwhile opportunities. But every second carries with it some potential, some opportunity, redeeming our time, redeeming our Kairos time is not about waiting for those magic, meaningful moments. It is about tapping the value out of each second. Some incorrectly apply the Kairos time mindset by thinking that it leads to a tranquil passivity. We patiently wait until presented with a particular situation to which we can respond. But redeeming our Kairos time is not about being passive. In fact, being proactive is how we redeem our Kairos. It is how we make the most of every fleeting second that we have. <clears throat> Sometimes the opportunities that our time presents us with are the opportunities that are made by our proactivity. Sometimes the opportunities are the chances to invest slowly in some project that we are working on. And yes, sometimes the value is in recognizing our chance to take a break, to share the gospel with someone passing by. But do not be fooled. Every second has some value. Squeezing the most out of our seconds is not a misguided Kronos mindset. It is the mature Kairos mindset of Paul. But in my mind, one question remains. Why the word redeem? Why not the word utilize or seize? or work, one referring to Kairos. Why this imagery of purchasing from slavery? I believe the answer to this is found in the very next phrase from Paul. 
redeeming the time. Ex agarazo the caros because the days are evil. <clears throat> Look at the important word because in this passage. Yes, we are to redeem the time. But we do so because the days are evil. The fact that the days are evil, Paul says, should lead us to be redeeming the time. When Paul looked around at the world, he saw that he was living like we are today, in evil times, impurity, greed, idolatry, and disgusting sins of all types surrounded Paul, and they surround us. Just on Easter Day, we saw shootings, murders, violence on a scale like our country has not experienced in a long time. So pervasive is the evil of these days that we are living in that our opportunities to do good our chaos will slip away and be consumed by darkness unless we act. It is as if we have to rescue and redeem these opportunities from the clutches of an evil world. Picture in your mind, if you will, a tug of war where opportunity or caros is in the middle. And we are pulling one way while the evil days are pulling the other way. But that is not what is happening here. Opportunity is not in the middle. Opportunity is not in neutral ground. Picture in your mind, if you will, if caros or opportunity is in the hostile territory already. And we are pulling and yanking so that we can redeem opportunity out of the slave market of this evil world. Because the days are evil, the opportunities we have to do good and to bring glory to God are already on autopilot on a course to be swallowed up by busyness in our worldly mindsets by chronos time. Because the days are evil, if we just go with the flow of our culture, we will lead wasted lives, having accomplished nothing of any permanent value. Because the days are evil, our lustful desires becomes the default owner 
and decision maker concerning these precious windows of time we have to make a difference on this earth. The good news is that Christ gives us ample resources to rescue these opportunities from the slavery of the present evil world. Through him, we see these opportunities, and through him, we act on them. The evil days do not stand a chance with Christ working through us. Through Christ, redeeming the time is possible. Thank you for listening to Differing Things with our host, Dr. William Petrie. We hope you will join us again for another broadcast of Differing Things.